Deep in the bowels of Moore Hall Podcast Room, two mild-mannered CM Life newspaper editors harbor an unknown power. With this power comes great responsibility. Hearken now your ears to the raving geeks! Hello, Central Michigan University. My name is Ben Solis. I'm Malachi Barris. And we are the Raving Geeks, back here for episode four. Uh, you joined us last week at our weekly Geek Off, where Malachi Barrett beat the ever-living crap out of me in his pursuit to tell me why Spider-Man is cool. Obviously, uh, as you learned last time, Spider-Man is a douchebag, and uh, we're going to focus on something that, that's a little bit more my purview this time, uh, since he got to geek out to his favorite character. Yeah, we're doing the home court advantage. We are thing. doing the we're home court. Absolutely. The yeah. House of Solis has spoken and we are going to do the Batman. This is a bit different though. We're not saying, I don't think Batman sucks at all. Absolutely so we're gonna not. we're going to do a little, little something different, aren't we, Ben? We are going to do something really different. Thank you for bringing that up, Malachi. Instead of battling each other with wits, I think we can both agree that Batman is pretty fucking sweet. So right. uh, what we're going to do today is just kind of analyze the Batman in a form that uh, most people are down with. Uh, because there's a lot of controversy between what's better, who's who's the better character, Bruce Wayne or Batman himself. So we are going to do that today. Um, you know, I think we can't get into this without kind of explaining how we got into the Batman, because yeah. the Batman is very essential, I'd say. To Especially any... to just your entire personal Oh, life. my God. I mean, if anybody knows me... You're wearing I, full black right now. I have now full with, black right now. I, I have a Batman tattoo on my back. Um, I have a Batman poster hanging in my office. If you guys ever visit Central Michigan Life, uh, we'll be doing it pretty soon. I'm not going to be editor-in-chief here in a week. I'm going to resign and go away. I'm just really sad about it. No, I'm not. I'm really happy. Um, that being said, uh, yeah, it's a really big part of my life. Um, I've been an avid Batman fan since I was a kid. Uh, I believe my first exposure to it was Keaton's Batman movies. Uh, funny story about that. I was really into the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie yeah. and the first Batman movie as a kid. So as you could tell, I liked uh, to kick the shit out of things. <laughs> uh, my brother and I used to beat each other's asses quite a bit. And um, at one point in time, it got so violent that my parents had to take away both of those movies from us because they thought that was the root of our violence. Little did they know, we just were brothers and we hated each other. I was going to say, man, you make a terrible case for how media supposedly destroys people. I, apparently. I mean, I don't know if I'm destroyed now, but my mom thought that was appropriate. Um, and then well, they, actually, it's kind of like, okay, it's like it's a cyclical thing, you know? Media has destroyed you, Ben, so now you've joined the media to destroy others. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to destroy every single one of your children with this podcast, including... Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of the <clears throat> formation. Then I got into the animated series when I had the pneumonia one year. My dad actually went out and felt, he felt really bad for me. Of course, he bought the Mask of the Phantasm for Ooh, that's me. cool. Uh, Did they make those? I didn't know they made those. Well, he, he bought the movie, yeah. Oh, it came with the movie? Well, they bought the movie and you know because it was in theaters, and then yeah. it was released on video. I had not had a chance to see it in theaters because they were still in that phase of... I, I was going to say, this is how young that I am. I don't remember it oh, yeah. in well, theaters first. Just for a frame of reference, guys, I'm 26 years old. Okay, Malachi, you're what, 21? I turned 21 in September. You yeah. turned 21 in September. So he's far far younger than me. Um, so I do remember when that came out in theaters. And it was brilliant. I was really sick, of course, but that really meant something to me that my dad knew I liked Batman. I hadn't watched Batman in a few years because of the violence uh, factor. But yeah, that really resonated with me, especially that movie. Um, then later on, I had watched the other two really shit Batman movies that we're not going to talk about here. But we will, because I'll, I'll bring that up later. And then it kind of died for me. I, I got into music, I became kind of a loser, and 
Know, when did that end? Did well, that ever end? That didn't really end. I'm uh, still a music, still a music and a loser. Still kind of a loser, but uh, I'm a loser with purpose now. Yeah. But in 2008, when they released The Dark Knight, a little bit before that, I had found out about Heath Ledger being the Joker, and that really kind of intrigued me. And shortly after that, too, he died. And that kind of started up this big, long thing of, okay, what's this movie going to be about? I really got into the spoilers in the forums, and lo and behold, by the time The Dark Knight Rises came out, I was actually, I'm actually the admin of a Facebook page that's pretty prominent. We've got a couple hundred thousand followers. I am the king of Batman in uh, this area. At least regional mid-Michigan. At least regional mid-Michigan, uh, <laughs> and mostly in Michigan in general. Central, I'm, southwestern. I'll, I'll let you know how big of a Batman nerd and how important I am to the fan community, and my, my guys on Facebook can back me up so on that's this. That's what this is about. There's a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, plug, for my, yeah. plug for my Facebook. I've been bamboozled. You're not even going to show up for episode five. It's just all about, it's been leading up to this the whole Absolutely. time. Absolutely. <laughs> well, there's, there's a shirt that we made that's actually the Christopher Nolan uh, Batman symbol with a bunch of different names in it from the core members of our community and i think there's like a core 20 of us who really kind of engage with each other and these six admins have their names like super bolded and much bigger like typeface so in india japan all over the world some someone is wearing a shirt with my name on it so and it's pretty big so that makes me really proud i know that's really lame but that's how much i love this character so much i've just kind of completely delved and devoted my entire life to it and that's why I can speak so eloquently about it too. So that's really so. It took you until the very newest series of a Batman film for you to get back into to it. to really get into. Yeah, I really. don't. I don't know why. It just. Um, it well, I mean, obviously those those two last movies before that for the Nolan trilogy totally killed it for everybody. And when I was a kid, I loved those movies. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I, I mean, shit, seeing Poison Uma Thurma and Poison Ivy that made me like uh, that's, that's whoa. When, that's when you became oof, a man. Oof, my heart's beating a little fast. <laughs> I don't understand this. And then later on, I completely understood it. That costume was skimpy, and yeah. uh, she didn't really look like Uma Thurma in that movie. She was a, no. They dolled her up quite a bit. But yeah, no, and when I got older and I started like looking back at it, I was like, God, this is a shit movie. And it really just destroyed it for me. But those Nolan movies were just so brilliant that, yeah, that's what it took. Now I read all the comic books all the time. I really backtracked on all the backstories. And uh, yeah, I've got a huge collection now. So Malachi, yeah. how did you get into the Batman? Well, I mean, now that we're here sitting on the couch, apparently. Yes, we are. Psychiatrist office. Um, well, actually, I'm kind of the opposite way. I kind of began animated series the same way you did because that was around i mean i was a child of the 90s so that and like that uh much much worse spider-man show i will admit you remember you ever see any episodes of that animated Spider-Man? oh yeah they reused a bunch of frames uh, yeah, and it was, it was pretty really bad, bad. Yeah. yeah but the one uh the animated series i think is the official title of it right and then it became like new batman adventures yeah there were some other ones that like kind of carried off of that whatever they added some characters i mean Dick Grayson became Nightwing. They had Tim Drake all of a sudden, so they kind of mutated the show. I had pretty much grown up with like the animated stuff, like some video games here and there. I didn't really get to play those much as a kid, um, and then like the comics. And I I didn't really like any of the movies when I was growing up. Really, really? I really didn't get uh, Batman '89, the, the first one that came out. I didn't get it until I kind of grew older. I really didn't like Tim Burton when I was a kid, anyway. Not because I was like scared. I just thought he was a hack back then. I still kind of do. That guy sucks. Man. That's funny because he's a hack now. Yeah, he didn't change much, and neither did my impressions of him. Wow, I think we found another topic for another day, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that would probably just make some people mad. But oh yeah, I'm alright with that. Oh yeah, those Tim Burton fans—they're ruthless. And then obviously, yeah, Batman Forever and Batman. What was the last one called? I forget. Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Oof. That's how much I forget. The I'm, one who shall not be named. <clears throat> I've just tried to like bore into my brain to get rid of that stuff, giving myself a 
a bat lobotomy, which Little. is probably some kind of tool that he had on his belt in those movies. A bat botomy. Allow me to get my sonic screwdriver. Oh, that's Doctor Who. A, lo- a lobotomy. That's one we should do. Why Doctor Who sucks. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Who fans, suck it. Yeah. By the way, we're going to give a shout out to our, our gracious host, Steve Cahoon. He's mm-hmm. recording us today. How's it going, everybody? Good to, good to, for you to hear my voice, finally. He's a good man. It's much more silky smooth than Colton. Ugh. Screw you, Colton. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're listening to this, you piece of shit. <laughs> well, you guys are making me blush. Right. It's back, back on track. Anyway, yeah, so I was never really into the movies that much, but I got, you know, returned on. I think the first uh, Batman movie that I actually liked when I was, you know, younger was uh, Batman Begins, and I actually saw that in uh, Paris Island in South Carolina, which is where one of the two places they train uh, Marine recruits. And we always got movies, like, way later. Yeah. So I had known that there was a Batman movie. But we went and saw it totally on a whim. You get movies for like two bucks there and you get popcorn and everything for free, basically. Cool. So it was cool, yeah. And uh, I walked out of the movie and I was just like, what? They can make this actually not suck? This is awesome, you know? And then they, they have the Joker card at the end, so I was like, there's going to be another one. You just seem like the biggest fan by like walking out of that theater like, oh my gosh. <laughs> This is awesome! Like, yeah, because yeah, I walked in there like, okay, I've seen you know this, all these crappy Batman. I get movies. it; it's the Batman. Yeah, sure. I'll throw my popcorn at the screen halfway through and I'll be out of here. You're again. a jerk, Christian. You're a jerk. <laughs> yeah, nothing but a bomb, Christian. Well, and I thought he was kind of, you know, it took me about halfway to get through because I looked at his dopey, weird face. And, you know, Christian Bale's an attractive dude and everything, but he's got that weird, like, mouth stuff going on. Kind of stoic in this movie. Is there, like, a know? name for that? Like, uh, resting bale face? Is it just, like, puffy mouth syndrome or resting something? Resting bale face. He's he just got that bale face, bro. Bale face, man. I know he's, like, a method actor, but he just over and over uh, accentuates the lip movements. He's kind of overcompensating the Bruce Wayne thing a little bit. I, I, I think so. Anyway, but yeah, those were great. Those legitimized the movies for me. And, you know, I've always kind of been on board ever since. But, man, these uh, we've really been spoiled with these this new trilogy, man. Absolutely. And uh, a lot of people, before we get into this, because we can't really talk about it yet because none of us have really seen it. We've seen the costume, but we haven't seen the man in the mask himself. <laughs> but... Uh, Ben Affleck, I know the internet exploded the minute it happened. I know that I was very upset when I first heard it because I just could not fathom why Warner Brothers even thought this was a good idea. Even after Argo, I loved Argo. I think Ben Affleck's actually a really good actor, but it just did not connect in my head. But I have since changed my tune, and I'm really, really excited to see Ben Affleck as the Batman. He's got the right kind of character. He's got the right understanding of the man. He has the right chin. He has the he has the he perfect. Just, like if you cover everything, it's just that. The like, chin's really it. one of the most. You saw you things. saw the chin. Yeah, yeah, he has the cleft thing. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah In fact, that's one of the things that Kevin Smith said right away. Is that like, oh my god, this is perfect because look at that chin. <laughs> look at that chin though. <laughs> that like, chin though. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that chin though. That chin needs to be bathed in shadow. Yeah, some some cocoa butter, you know. <laughs> Sparkle it up. Well, a I don't bit. know about that. Ooh. That's probably something you talk about on your forum, uh, isn't it? <laughs> no, not quite. That's like something that I just um, buy myself. What Jennifer Garner will do uh, later. Oof. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we can get some video of that. Moment of silence for Jennifer. Yeah, Gardner. Jennifer Garner. All right, back, back to the... Back well, what's the cool about Batman 2 and with all these different actors, I think we need to frame this argument, or not argument, discussion, because this is going to be a much more friendly yeah, yeah, discussion. Yeah, absolutely. We're not trying to kill each other this But time. there's there's all these different versions of Batman, and Batman as a character has gone from all the way to hokey Batman 66, the 1966 TV series to like the super dark now and everywhere in between, Frank Miller and everything. But we're, I think we're just going to mostly focus on uh, the 
Uh, is cinematic the best way? Cinematic would work the best. I mean, we can delve into some of the animated. I mean, I'm going to de- delve into some of the animated stuff because I know that some of them definitely deserve well. to be mentioned. That's oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, but we're going to leave <clears throat> comics out of this because, I mean, really, I mean, in the comics, it's Bruce Wayne and Batman. You have to debate writers and things like that. Right, and that that's... gets way, way murky real fast. So we're going to avoid that. We're not going to geek out too hard. I know you avid fans are disappointed in us, but you know we got mainstream audiences to think about, man. Yeah, man, gotta make those. Fat we got advertising. We got bucks. college kids to think about. They don't give a shit about the Batman, but we gotta <laughs> make them give a shit about the Batman. So that's what we're gonna do. So yeah, the Batman. The, the Batman. Batman. <laughs> the goddamn the Batman. Batman. The bats. <laughs> so that being said, we're going to frame this argument just like Malachi said in our favorite Batman versus our favorite Bruce Wayne's in the cinematic universe. And I've kind of started this off, so I'm going to continue doing this. Yeah, go for it. So, in the vein of favorite Batman, I'll list off list them off first, and I'll kind of explain. In my pantheon of Batman, ranked, of course, is Christian Bale, Kevin Conroy, who voiced Batman in the animated series, and the wonderful Michael Keaton. So, Christian Bale. Christian Bale's pretty obvious. He is by far the one person who I think has just totally encapsulated what Batman should look like, should feel like, and sound like. I know that's going to sound kind of funny because of the, where is he? The, <laughs> How many times do you think that's going to happen? The bat laryngitis. Oh, that's going to happen <laughs> yeah. at least five more times. Uh, you know, like we're Colton that. Where is Colton? <laughs> we're going to find him. Uh, that being said, yeah, he really kind of changed the game a little bit. I really didn't know about Batman Begins until well after. I know that movie was out, and that was on kind of that period where I just wasn't into it. So I saw this Batman Begins crap, and I was just like, what is this? Who gives a f***? Like, you know, we've seen this a million times, and it looks kind of cheesy, so I'm never going to see it. Boy, was I wrong, because the minute I you know, had seen The Dark Knight, I mean, The Dark Knight was one of those movies that just was perfect in almost every way. I think most movie fans, aside from comic book fans, can agree that Dark Knight is pretty flawless to beginning to end. Uh, there's some sound issues in the movie, but that's just me being nitpicky. It's like the dopest title ever made. For Absolutely. The movie, of like... Well, that's an interesting thing too, is that like aside from the Christian Bale situation, the Dark Knight was the first Batman movie that didn't have the name Batman in it. You know, and Dark Knight is kind of just like a colloquialism. That's kind of something that is like a nickname that they give him to have that movie titled that and that that name means so much to the, what the movie was really about and like the characterization oh it was perfect so i really kind of changed my tune on christian bale being batman i had gone back and watched batman begins and even even i think that despite some weird shit going on in that movie that that's a pretty flawless movie too i think christian bale does such a good job of understanding why there is a batman um, understanding that bruce wayne cannot do this by himself he kind of needs this coping mechanism but at the same time he knows that if he goes out as just bruce wayne he is flawed he cannot be resolute the batman is almost kind of like this shield that he holds in front of himself and i don't think that any other characterization of batman really kind of like showed and displayed that aspect of the character uh the mask really is his his lithium it keeps him together and um, Christian Bale really understood that. So that's why I liked him a lot. So moving on to Kevin Conroy. Uh, as I mentioned, the animated series is a really, really special place in my heart. And Kevin Conroy was just so good at being both Bruce Wayne and Batman. I'd argue that he had a better Bruce Wayne than Batman, and I'll get to that in a second. But you really believed 
every little bit that when you watch that animated series that that was like the truest form of Batman. And at the time it really was. Yeah. Uh, a lot of comic book fans really yeah. said that like if I imagine what Batman sounded like, it would be Kevin Conroy. And look at his track record. I mean, the guy was Batman through most of almost all the animated incarnations until recently. He was also in all the video games. Yep. Every time you had a voiced over Batman in the video games, it was him. And some of the Justice League movies had Kevin Conroy involved in it too, which was really cool. I think for a lot of people in my generation, um, even even the later end of it, which is like Malachi, Kevin Conroy really is the definitive Batman. When you when you think Batman, that you think Kevin Conroy's it's, voice. It's funny how you say that because uh, when you if you go on YouTube and you look up um, like voices of characters, like they'll have like an eight minute video of like every single voice actor ever that played that character. And when I listen to the Batman version of that. You like you would hear one and be like, oh, that's not really Batman. This guy, uh, like I kind of remember that voice, but then you hear that one voice and you're like, this is it. Like this is the real deal. Everyone sure. else is trying to emulate his voice. And really, for a long period of time, I think that everyone who played Batman from there on out, especially in the animated versions, always tried to cop a Kevin Conroy. He was very, uh, he, he was quiet. He wasn't that loud. He never really like lost his shit. And uh, when he did, it was it was it was almost scary, even for a kids show. And I mean, can we talk about how dark that animated series was? I was copping a Conroy when I would hear him. You copping a Conroy? I was copping a pretty. Or, or were you popping a Conroy? I was copping a pretty Kevin Conroy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, he. Yeah. Uh, you know that animated series was really just out there for for a kids show. It was really very quite frightening for some of it well you know a lot of kids shows try to pander to him but they stayed very true to what batman was without i mean you can have a batman that's not like it was dark to a point where they could get get away with some things and not explicitly show like the joker stabbing a guy in the eye with a pencil or sure. anything like that but you and were just as intimidated by him absolutely and you know when i watch it now as an adult i actually enjoy it so much much more um it really i think bruce tim really kind of understood that and he really put that kind of adult nature so that when kids were watching it, they'd get their Batman fix, but also their parents could be like, wow, this is actually a really interesting, well-written show. And a lot of the iconic uh, rogues in his rogue gallery have a lot of influence, like Mr. Freeze's entire thing. And I mean, Mr. He was not really well-developed whatsoever until The Heart of Ice, that those two-part episodes Absol- gave him motivation. Absolutely. I mean, they had characters in that show. None of them were ever really hokey at all. I think near the end, when you mentioned like the new Batman adventures, yeah. when they got kind of more childlike, you know, got characters like the Creepers, like one of the last episodes that shit was goofy but for that first those first two seasons every character and every rogue kind of really had a quintessential episode and that was what was really cool about it i enjoyed that quite a bit and last but not least of course is keaton he got me into it um i think at the time i mean you look at the what what movies were in the 80s right Mm-hmm. There's an interesting quote from Sylvester Stallone. It was pretty recent. It was actually when they released the first Expendables movie. And they were talking about, like, okay, well, you're doing this kind of, like, rehash of all these great old 80s superstars, these action movie stars. Why now? And he kind of went on this weird diatribe of, like, well, you know, we were on top and then we got destroyed. Like, for a good 20 years, we couldn't make these movies anymore. If you look back at the track record of movies that were made in the 80s, I mean... Bruce Willis, Sly Stallone, and Arnold Schwarzenegger made a shit ton of movies. A lot of them were crap, but they made a lot, a lot of movies because, I mean, studios wanted them. 
They always wanted those three guys. You you pitch a studio exec to pitch. Yeah, we got Slice Stallone in this movie. Bam, it got made. I yeah. mean, you got a you got a Slice Stallone movie where he arm wrestles, right? Oh my god, are you serious? How ridiculous is that? A, I forget what the name of it is. Like arm grudge? I was gonna say it better have it the was, punny ass. It was bad. I'll, I'll make sure that when Malachi's talking, I'll look it up for you. But it's a ridiculous fuck. Just like all of that shit was just because they were just superstars, but. What he said was what killed it was Batman 1989. The minute Batman showed up, it was dead for them because it wasn't big, strong guys anymore. It was guys in suits, guys in capes. And that really kind of just destroyed the idea of like one man against an entire army or, you know, like, you know, an evil force. It was something bigger. It was more mysterious. It was mystic almost. It was mythic almost, too. Yeah, mythic for sure. Very mythological. <clears throat> and I think that was the right time because that shit was just getting way too out of control. But yeah, that's why I like Keaton so much is because it was our first time really seeing Batman in a, in a way that we really hadn't seen before. It destroyed the idea of this hokey, campy, you know, Adam West, you know, in tights Batman carrying yeah. around a bob. And it really kind of opened the door for a lot of really cool things. But Adam West was my favorite Batman. Sometimes you just can't He was so cool. Adam West. Adam Get out of here! <laughs> Adam uh, West. I'm gonna puke. Hold Adam on. West. Adam West. Sorry, guys. I had to throw up. That was disgusting. Wow. I thought Colton was bad. I'm gonna bring up Adam West in a little bit. Actually, that's disgusting. But yeah, I know people like Adam West, but Keaton was able to just destroy <laughs> all of that for for a real long time, and he was really kind of a very dark interpretation of Batman. Uh, if you notice in that movie, he kills a lot of people, man. That's a that's absurd. That's insane to most people who like Batman. But like at the time, it was totally necessary, and that's why I like Keaton. Okay. Well, I'm gonna kind of touch on some things that you've touched on, and sure. that's kind of you know the nature of us going back to back like this. But uh, I think my favorite's definitely gotta be Kevin Connery. Like I said, for the reasons before, he's the one that I grew up with. But yeah. I I don't know that the version of him in the animated series is my favorite. I think my favorite Batman is uh, in the Arkham. City ooh, game. Ooh, fine choice. Arkham Asylum, Arkham City. This is, this is why I keep this guy around. You know? <clears throat> yeah. I never played uh, Arkham Origins, partially because he didn't do the voice and partially because it's like a prequel and screw those. Um, but part of it is just the relationship that you have with Batman. I, I've touched on in the Spider-Man episode earlier that um, episode three, go check it out. Wink, wink. Hey. <laughs> yeah, let's not go on to some weird... That's a plug. <laughs> um that Batman's kind of like a child's fantasy, you know, as a kid it feels very empowering to have all the gadgets and like be this powerful dude. He's like uh he's like how you want to be like when you grow up, but like at the same time you don't want to grow up, you know, you want to have all these ridiculous adventures when you're a kid. That's the way kind of I look I at it. I don't think fighting criminals to get rid of your pain is an adventure. Well, that's the thing, you know. I think it's a labor of love. Well, I'm going to get on, I'm going to get on the uh, the whole burden of Batman in a little bit too. But, uh, you know, he, Keaton, or I'm sorry, not Keaton, Connery made you really feel powerful to watch him be that, and you kind of, uh, you wanted to be him. And then you finally got to play as Batman, and you just got to deliver the pain, man. You ever play those, Cahoon? Oh, dude, I played Arkham Asylum, and that, it was an incredible game. I mean, besides, like, the whole, like, you got game of the year, whatever, like, when you played that, and, like, something happened, like, I was waiting for it to happen. Oh, sure, and it happened yeah. all, like, all throughout that game. You know, you felt prepared. You felt in charge. You had yeah. all the... And honestly, when the Scarecrow parts happened, that was my favorite part. Because yeah. all of a sudden, you just start tripping out, and then there's this huge, gigantic Scarecrow <clears> thing. And that kind of adds to the anything can happen, this yeah. 
this, this craziness. And that Crazy. was a terrifying scarecrow. I gotta give it to you, man. Yeah. That was ridiculous. He had like syringes on his hands. Yeah, man. Man. He had a gas mask. It was weird. And then in the second one, Arkham City, they give you an entire city to play with, and that's when you really feel like the best. You can go anywhere. You can stalk your prey. You know, it was great. Um, but you know, like we touched on before, Kevin Conroy just has the voice for it. Um, and I've seen him like in real life, and he doesn't like look like a wimp like sometimes you have these guys who like have these really deep voices and then they're like you know they can't lift up a coffee cup or something like that but he's like you know <laughs> oh please get me a latte he's a cool looking guy and he really gets i think the role um to say my second favorite batman i would actually have to say is michael keaton and it's not because of the way that you said it it's because i don't really take batman so seriously that i don't i don't leave myself open to these other characterizations of batman what he means is not as seriously as i do right right Josh Clooney is pretty cool i have i well you know get what? out that's <laughs> that's it i can show's appreciate. over guys we're <laughs> done pull the mic goodbye i can appreciate the that's more two cahoon that's <laughs> three two. and i'm out of my don't own make me two. get to three god damn it <laughs> carry on malachi I'm somebody's sorry. gotta edit this thing man i'm not editing this podcast you're sure as hell not. i'm not bleeping out a damn thing <laughs> fuck well, there goes another one. Feels liberating. All right, anyway, um, I can have fun with him. And Keaton is, the whole thing about Batman, you know, is that he's trained himself to be like this super ninja, you know? Sure, and, yeah. and in a lot of the comic books, he's basically just fighting people in tights. He, sometimes he has like bulletproof armor, sure, yeah. yeah. But for the most part, my favorite version of Batman is the one where he's just so competent at beating up people that he can do it in like ridiculous boots and like a crotch thing and just, Absolutely. you know, just like pajamas. It's great. Keaton is the complete opposite of that. Keaton is like this skinny, like little nerdy looking dude who just has the first thing that he does in Batman when he shows up in the scene is he takes a bullet to the chest. He gets yeah, shot. Yep. And he just falls over. And then he like slowly gets up like he's some kind of vampire or something like oh, yeah. that. He's not like a super powerful, intimidating force. He's just a guy that's like, yeah, shoot me in the chest. I can take it because I'm so rich. I have all of these gadgets. And he's just like gleefully just using the gadgets to the extreme in those movies. He's got machine guns on the wheels of the bat car, or the Batmobile, I'm sorry. Bat car. Jesus. The bat That's car. sacrilege. Before you know wow. it, they'll have like a bulletproof, a bulletproof pair of contact lenses and they can pull a Superman, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. That was probably the best part about Superman Returns is that one scene where you get shot in the eyeball with a bullet. And, like, and everyone's like, can, they, can, you, can you survive that? I don't, I don't know. And then they just had to throw it in You think he'd at least like scratch his eye or something. Or he'd be like, oh, you know, like, wipe, his, wipe yeah. his face a little bit or something. Or like make him tear up at least. But, <laughs> but nothing on yeah, his not even He didn't even flinch. But this, this version of Batman doesn't rely on skill. He's just like a force, you know, and that's like my favorite kind of. Batman is one that's just like this force of nature and he's not so much a force of nature just so much as like indestructible yeah and uh in the second one that he's in he is just like gleefully lighting criminals on fire and he's like smiling and he's swooping down from the skies terrorizing he's people kind of out of control he's completely out of control and I just think that's a really fun concept I think that's a fun way to to characterize Batman and that's not like the definitive Batman sure, you know sure. and that's not what I want all my Batman to be like but I think that's a really unique take and so for I can't you know give him the number one uh, but I can definitely give him the number two for that um, picking a third one's kind of tough honestly for me because there are so many bad ones that it's hard not to just land right back on Christian Bale and I mean sure you got to give it to the guy he knew he really understood the role and he was I think you know definitely uh the best Bruce Wayne, even though I won't list him as that, just because it's too easy to do it. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Just because the movie was so much more about like the psych- the psychology of why he would have to do it, and 
you know, how much he thrives on it and things like that. Um, so I think my third favorite Batman is going to have to be George Clooney. Oh, God. Oh, my God. And that is for the same reason that, that Michael Keaton is my number two. Oh, gee, oh, it's like a arrow to my heart. Yeah. Taking a battering to the oh, chest. Right? He's, like, he's my second favorite one to watch because he is just in so oh, much the opposite of what Batman should be like. George Clooney is not burdened at all by the death of his parents. He's walking around with bat credit cards, (laughs) bat skates, surfing off of exploding bat things. He's just fun to watch, man. Cool party. And I hate, I, oh, I hate George Clooney, man. Oh, I hate him. He's a douchebag, isn't he? I hate him. He's terrible. He's just such a smarmy douche. He had freaking nipples, man. That wasn't I mean, his Kilmer fault. had nipples too, but like not as pronounced. It wasn't his fault. Though. It's like it's like you know, like it was cold, but he also had like some like real like big areolas or something. Like He's like you know, like if, big nips. Man. Like if you were to like press your face up against his nip, and he just like pushed you into a wall, you would have like a nip. Indent, a, a, nip, a nip print, a nip dent, a nip dent in the side of your. He could give you dimples just by, you know, giving you a titty. This is disgusting. No, it's ridiculous. I Do know. I have to bloop any of this nipple talk out. I'm not is sure. This, is this PG? Can is we check? Nipple? We just we just said a medical term for nipple. You can see nipples, nipples in, in PG movies. Can you? <laughs> I mean, they had PG movies. I mean, that was a PG movie. Was it? It was a PG-13. No, I think that was PG. Well, <laughs> well I'm gonna say nipple all day. <laughs> <laughs> nipple. Nipple. That's just a medical term, man. Yeah, but you know, we're in college, you know. George Clooney is a total action figure Batman, but I just think he's really fun to watch because he's ridiculous, oh dude. God. Not because he's like a great Batman or anything like that. Not because he's like the Batman the city needs, but just <laughs> Malachi. Had so he much, has a credit card. Dude. I had so much faith in you. I had so much respect, and like I know, I, I can't know. even believe what I'm hearing. I know. Right now. I, I just wanted to bring you down partially. I think. Jesus Christ. He actually. uh was Elle McPherson was his was his girlfriend in that one, wasn't she? I don't remember the name. I of think show. it was. Oh, she was fine. She was really fine. But then he had, you know, there's the, all the. Oh wow, wow. I Those can't movies even... are terrible. Don't wow. get me wrong. But you show me a picture of him, and I just like crack a <laughs> smile. Even if you see those old pictures of him as Batman, he's just got that like shitty smirk that like yeah. he always has on like, oh, I'm George Clooney. <laughs> I don't even care if I've ruined this. I'm gonna make millions of dollars off of this. Yeah, that bombed. That was so what? That he ruined Batman for a good like almost like ten years, man. Yeah, I know. Wow. Okay, I can't handle this. I gotta get my like mind together here. All I'm seeing is that bat card scene over and over Never and over leave again. Home it. It. Oh god! And you know what? Do you know what ex- when it expires? When does it expire? It doesn't. It says forever on it. Because what? It was, it, it oh, because Batman of the Batman Forever? forever? Yeah, 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 I remember that. That was pretty awful. And they were trying to buy Poison Ivy, too. That's like, yep. wow. Like, Batman. that Batman supported prostitution. I hope you're yeah. okay with that. Wow. Batman and Robin. I can't even fathom this. <clears throat> so, to get my mind right, to find Zen amongst the Batman... We're going to switch gears here to favorite Bruce Wayne's because that will cleanse my mind of this evil, evil, evil so George just, Clooney thing. You got to open your heart to these I more lighthearted. Open, absolutely it, not. Okay, whatever. I'm stone hearted against George Clooney. I hate him too. You're not going to like this very much, but uh, when I go into my Batman, I'm going to pick probably the the other one. I got I to gotta do it. Yeah, we'll see. All right, so I'm going to start backwards. 
I'm not going to start with my first favorite, Bruce Wayne. I'm going to start with my third one because we're vamping on a theme here and we're going to talk about these shitty Batman movies. Uh, so my third favorite Batman happens to be Val Kilmer. Uh, I know that sounds pretty sacrilegious based on everything I just said. But at the time, we had this Keaton Batman, right? Had this Keaton Batman, very, very, very Batman-esque. When he was in the suit, you believed it and you loved it. But every single time you saw him as Bruce Wayne, you just really couldn't buy it because it was just Keaton, you know? The guy was a comedic actor. No one had really seen him in very serious things. He just got done with Beetlejuice, like, yeah, what, a year I mean, or come two on. before that? You're talking about a guy who was a stand-up comedian and was used to these goofy movies. But, yeah, you never really believed that he was really Bruce Wayne. But the first time you saw Val Kilmer, they really kind of explored the Bruce Wayne character. They talked about the backstory a lot more. They just didn't show it. They kind of explained all this stuff. They explained why he's so tortured and why he needs to move on with it. I think in the long run, that movie kind of killed Batman because he kind of came to grips with everything. And that's really like a real divergent from the character. He that, can never be healed. Yeah, you know, he can't be healed. That's he why just he, goes to a psychologist, you know? Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's, it's uh, what's her face? She doesn't say, oh, that women ruin everything. Oh, there it God, is. God. That's awful. Well, her name is Chase Meridian in the movie, yeah. and it's, uh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the chick's name. It's Cruz's, Cruz's ex-wife. Yeah. What, you don't know him? Oh, I know. Tell me. No, I'm not. Oh, God. I'm just going to let this eat you alive. Oh, God. I should take your phone, too, It's so late, guys. It. Yeah, I'm going to search this up. But anyway. Um, you want to know what it starts with? Yeah. No, I'm not going to tell Come you on, that Come on, tell me. <laughs> no, please. No way. Please, just pretty please. No. Anyway. Um, that's none of my business. But, yeah, no, he he, uh, he works through his problems, and, you know, he, he gets some closure in his life. He has a new uh, friend. He has a new companion. He's got Robin, Dick Grayson, Chris O'Donnell, terrible Robin. But, I, you know, I enjoyed it because I was a kid and, you know, I, I felt sorry for the Batman. And in this way, he lived his life, man. And then he became George Clooney and everything was ruined. I don't know how Val Kilmer transformed into George Clooney. If we're talking Pokemon here, it's a very, very bad evolution. In fact, I think that's de-evolution. But yeah, it was it was a good characterization of Bruce Wayne, and I was I was happy to kind of see that finally. I can still watch forever and still be mildly entertained and happy with it, despite it being so neon and nipple um, and nipple filled. But yeah, so if we're working backwards, of course, of course, I'm going to mention Bruce Greenwood, the fantastic Bruce Wayne used in Under the Red Hood, which is my favorite animated series. Little uh, history lesson for you guys who don't know about Under the Red Hood. Under the Red Hood was a story arc that was created uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, pretty recently. Very, very recently. Kind of bringing back the Robin, the second Robin, Jason Todd. Uh, Jason Todd was murdered by the Joker in a little arc called Death in the Family. And it's funny because most people didn't like Jason Todd. He came right after Dick Grayson, a very, very beloved character. And Jason Todd, he was an orphan. Uh, much like Bruce, but he uh, had a real big chip on his shoulder. His dad was killed and murdered by the mob and over a gambling debt and things like that. And uh, he was always really angry and really snotty, and a lot of people didn't really take a, take a shine to him. I loved him because he was such an asshole, but at the same time, people just despised this guy. So at one point in time, sales were kind of low, and they realized, okay, maybe it's Robin. Maybe we just need to get rid of him. So they left it up to the fans, which is really kind of cool. In one issue, they said, all right, here's a number. We're going to call it. Here's two numbers. Call this number. He dies. They call this number. He stays alive. And overwhelmingly, by a landslide, the fans were like, kill this mother Get him. Just get him done. 
And uh, so they created this arc where Joker literally viciously beats him to death with a crowbar. And you kind of see this whole thing play out, too, very vividly in, in the comic book. So for these people who hated him, it was like total satisfaction of just offing this guy in the most heinous way that you possibly could. They blew up the building, too. They blew up the building, too. So not only did he beat the shit out of him, but they also blew him up, too. And this just, I mean, if you know the, the just the canon of Batman, this one event probably affects him almost as deeply as the murder of his parents. Because, I mean, Dick, yeah, he left and became Nightwing and kind of wrote him off. But no one really ever really died under Batman's watch. And here is this kid that he really kind of, I think, related to more than Dick. It just ripped from his life, especially after them having such a tumultuous relationship of not really getting along and agreeing on things and things like that. And it really, really messes Batman up. In fact, he doesn't take a, take a Robin for a very, very long time just for that one situation. So what you're saying is Batman could relate to Dick pretty well. No, not not Dick. No, no. He hated the Dick. In fact, he he opposed the Dick. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did I not, just want to make sure we were clear. Batman did not like the Dick. He has been suspiciously single this whole time. Well, I mean, he liked the Todd, which is kind of like a... We're not going to go there. Yeah, what's happening? Let's go. Ooh. Continue. Thanks. Cahoon, that's three. <laughs> you, you just said that's... he was really butthurt. When, when Dick died. So he had this connection to Dick. I think he was probably less butthurt when Dick died. Oh, hey, boom, Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're going to get kicked off the air, guys. The interwebs is going to come for us. I'm that out. Nope, that's good. I'm glad. Stand against aggression, Steve. Stand against aggression. But no, yeah, Jason Todd really messed him up, and he didn't take a Batman for, or take a Robin for a very long time. Eventually, he took Tim Drake. But, uh, yeah, so this story arc kind of just, like, under the Red Hood shows Jason coming back to life. Uh, basically, after he dies, Ra's al Ghul steals his body, tries to bring him back to life via the Lazarus Pit because, you know, he, he feels bad. Because Ra's al Ghul actually had a lot to do with the Joker killing him. So he, in his penance, he tries to bring him back to life. Well, not all things go well, and he goes kind of crazy, and Jason Todd runs off into the night. No one knows where he's at. So he kind of comes back as this, this character called the Red Hood, which is actually what Joker was called before he became the Joker. So there's kind of this ominous, like, you created the Joker, and you created me. The Joker killed me, so here I am to ruin your life, Bruce. And it's this really fantastic arc. If you haven't read it, I'm not going to spoil it any further for you, but, like, it's beautiful, and it's really, really violent, and it's really kind of this awesome mob movie. Um, and the comic is fantastic, too. Yeah, you kind of, like, I didn't even hear about this, but you're talking about, like, the Lazarus Pit and whatever. Yeah. Bring back to it. life, like, what? <laughs> what is this? I thought it was just Batman throwing bangerang. No, 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 man. <laughs> no, man. Let me get at you, villains. Steve Coon doesn't understand the Batman, but he respects the Batman. Bangerangs. Bangerangs. Awesome. <laughs> this, isn't this isn't Hook, man. This isn't Skrillex. This yeah, isn't Hook, man. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, so... But yeah, so that's why I like Bruce Greenwood so much, because he is Bruce in that movie, he's Batman in that movie, but I'd argue that even though they don't show him as Bruce Wayne very much, that is a very Bruce Wayne-centric storyline. It's not about how it's affected Batman, or how it affects Batman's daily work, it affects the very core of Bruce Wayne to have Jason Todd be back, not dead, and you know, really despising the Batman for not ever killing the Joker. And uh, I guess that is something that just rocks me to that core is that understanding that 
you know, even though the man hides behind this mask so much, all of his failures come back to kind of haunt him eventually, and he kind of brings the man out of the mask. So that's why I like Bruce Greenwood. He's a fantastic actor. He's in Dinner for Schmucks, and he's great in that too. Uh, so check it out if you haven't seen it. On the Red Hood, making a plug. And finally, the end-all, be-all Bruce Wayne, Kevin, Kevin Conroy. He's got to be. I know I mentioned him as my second favorite Batman, but no one really encapsulates what Bruce Wayne is, his kind of like sly persona, his kind of need to use Bruce Wayne as a cover, but also still being accepted as himself. If you watch the animated series, there's a lot of really kind of sly moments of him like out at parties or schmoozing, out on dates because he got all the fly ladies. And everybody kind of just loves Bruce Wayne. He's not really kind of this tortured character that I think the other like incarnations really kind of purported him to be he really is kind of a well put together person despite having his parents killed and that's really cool because that is the ultimate cover for batman because no one is going to suspect that this guy who is pretty well put together has enough crazy tendencies to go out and run around in a bat costume beating up criminals to try to you know sedate himself from feeling this pain Um, and no one really kind of encapsulated that better than kevin conroy so kevin if you're out there you're hearing this podcast we love you, buddy. That'd be really impressive if he was. Oh, man. Can we get some feedback, bro? Hey, Kevin, man. Hey, Kevin. I'm still waiting for that email back. You like the Batman, bro? You didn't ever get those pictures I sent you. Yeah. And I signed them, and I put perfume on them and everything. You never even... Never even... Did give you the time of day, man? What's Three up? shades of cologne, bro. Yeah. Three shades. I didn't think it was too overwhelming, but the mailman threw up a little bit. Why can't you just call me back? Well, I'm going to do... I think only two. Doing three is a little bit taxing. <sighs> Really I'm takes, sorry. I talk a lot, guys. I apologize. I this is this is good. You're probably real sick of my raving it voice. Takes a, takes a lot to to do three of them, let alone two. What do you um, got for me? This one's a little bit tougher because um, there's a lot of different. There's been much better versions of Batman than there have been Bruce Wayne because it's kind of hard to really get one person to do both sides of that dynamic. And uh, like you were saying, you know, Kevin Conroy did a good job of that because he really completely changed his voice when he was doing a Bruce Wayne versus a Batman. Uh, you know, he had a much more harsher, gravelly tone while doing that, and then his Bruce Wayne was a lot more, hey, I'm Bruce Wayne, how are you doing? You know, something a little bit more like that. Um, Can you do that voice one more time for me, please? I'd prefer not to do that. Hey, I'm Bruce Wayne, wow, all right. (laughs) Is that like, (laughs) never mind. You sound like (laughs) Wayne's World right now. A little bit, man, it's getting late. I'm losing my... Batman, excellent! Extreme (laughs) close-up! That's probably going to play really well audio. Yeah, it might be cool. Yeah. Hey. Um, obviously, the best Bruce Wayne, I think, is Christian Bale. Just not because he does a good job of showing off that kind of flashy persona, but just because of his motivation is really captured very sure, well. Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. My second favorite Bruce Wayne, and these are kind of actually almost interchangeable, is actually Michael Keaton. And as much as I talked about how ridiculous he was as Batman because he's a skinny nerd like shooting guys and sure. getting shot himself – you know, the cyclical nature of, of shots and getting shot. Um, he, it's a vicious cycle, man. <laughs> Once you stop, you just can't get Absolutely. off that, that gilded pony. It's a sickness. But, you know, I think he he did a really good job, actually, as Bruce Wayne. Uh, he was really brooding, which is important to have a Batman who broods, spends much time in the broodery. In fact, the first time they show him in uh, Batman Returns, he's up in the mansion brooding quite yes. a bit. The broodatorium? The broodatorium. <laughs> I have a special room dedicated to my brooding. Yeah, I mean, he had those, like, crazy-ass eyebrows that were, like, 
defying gravity and muscle contortion at the same time that we're just constantly at like 45s but also on curves. I don't know. There's a lot going on with his eyebrows. Defies physics, man. <clears throat> yeah, but he was he was a good Bruce Wayne. He was always in the cave. He was really awkward around women, which I thought was like how Batman probably really would be, you know? Yeah. He's got all these like mommy and daddy issues, so to like have an actual relationship with like an adult woman would probably be really weird for him. You know, <clears throat> he's been very isolated for probably most of his life. So that scene where uh, him and uh, – I wanted to call her Veronica Corningstone. What's the name of the uh, the journalist woman? Oh, Vicky in... Vale. Vicky Vale, right. By yeah. all means. Uh, Kim, 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 Kim Bastard. Kim Bastard. Oh, she's great. She, uh, they're sitting in that uh, di- you know big, huge dining hall at the two ends of the table, and he's, like, sipping the soup, you know, and then she, like, tries to say something, and he, like, walks could all you, the way over. Could you pass the salt? Yeah, gives her some salt and then walks all the way back and, like, sits down and, like, gets, goes back to, like, not looking at her. You know, I, I thought that was a really good version of Bruce Wayne because that's probably how realistic he would be. He would be just like this weirdo, man. And he's got a bunch of people that come over to his house for like some kind of gala. And he's like off in the corner, like looking at, uh, what were they, suits of armor or something like that. And he makes some really weird comment about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you remember that Here's scene? Here's king, the king of the wicker people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the Knox, the journalist who was along the ride with Vicky Vale. They go to the party to try to talk to Bruce Wayne, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. They find this room. They're looking at the armor, and they're making fun of it. And he said, oh, what, I wonder where he got that. And he's standing right behind him. He's like, oh, I got it in Japan. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, it's from Japan. He didn't even say, I got it from Japan. It's from Japan. He's like, oh, yeah? Well, how would you know? He's like, well, that's where I bought it. I'm Bruce Wayne. Oh, God, you're Bruce? Oh, nice to meet you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was, really, that was a really cool scene. That was yeah. probably one of my favorite scenes in that movie. Exactly. I, honestly, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm, I'm about winded. I'm out. I could talk about this for days, but I'm not because uh, we got a uh, production day to go to. And um, by the way, guys, I'm an idiot. Nicole Kidman. Yep. Wow. I can't believe I forgot that. Nicole Kidman is one of the all-time babes of the 21st century, and I totally forgot her name. Yep. I'm really sad about that. But, guys, it's been fantastic nerding out with you guys about Batman. And, you know, stay tuned for next time. We're going to talk about really cool stuff, as always. And if you haven't heard our other podcasts, go back on iTunes. Our iTunes channel is CM Life on podcasts. And also, they're on our website, cm-life.com, under multimedia. I want to be very, very clear about this, that although he was an entire douchebag throughout the entire show, (laughs) uh, Steve Cahoon is a G, and I want to give him some credit. Thank you, Steve, for for being oh, on our thank show. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank yeah. you for the shout out. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. Um, if you can make sure that Colton doesn't come back for next time, um, <laughs> we'd be really happy about that. In fact, I want him back so we can make fun of him a lot more. When you're gone, we're just going to make fun of you equally. Yeah, so. yeah. You're, okay. you're done That's... for. We're going to be like, Colton, this was terrible without you, man. Yeah, did we miss Steve you? Like, yeah. like George Clooney. Steve <laughs> <Cahoon> was <laughs> a dick. Oh, yeah. Colton will be like, wow, that's just stupid. George Clooney is awful. <laughs> There's my Colton voice. Thanks, guys. All right, Malachi, you want to take us out? Yeah, hey, thanks for coming and talking Batman with us. In fact, you know, we can see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Bye. Batman's better. Oh, God.